Welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. My name is Caroline Hare, and I'm the founder of Waves Girls Conference. We have girls conferences for girls ages 12 to 22 in the States as well as internationally. Our mission and vision is to encourage and equip young women to start making waves for Christ in their homes, community, and in the world. We hope that through this podcast that we can bring messages and words of life, wisdom, and hope through the Word of God, life issues, and help girls know their true identity and calling. Hey girls, welcome to the Waves Ministry Podcast. This is Caroline, and I have my friend Lauren McRoberts on the phone. Say hi. Hey. Um, Lauren is a girl that really I got introduced to uh, through another friend of mine named Holly. Um, Holly is one of our keynote speakers for our Destin conference, and um, she did a podcast with Lauren, and I listened in, and I thought, I need to get to know this girl. So I'm trying to remember how we connected. Was it through Instagram originally? I think it was through Instagram. That's so crazy. I know. (laughs) So it's amazing how we have social media and those types of networks that can connect everybody now. So, um, so Lauren, tell us a little bit about yourself. Girls, just so y'all know, Lauren is going to be joining us for our Waves Destin conference this year. Um, her and Holly are, and she's going to be doing a couple breakout sessions, but I want her to share a little bit about herself with you guys first. Yeah, so I am so happy to be able to be on here and to be able to get involved with the Waves Conference. Ever since I came across what um, Waves was all about, I have been so adamant about getting involved, and I can't wait to meet you guys in October. Um, So yeah, I am an 18-year-old girl um, from South Carolina, and I (laughs) I am currently in college. I do online classes. Um, I graduated high school a little bit early. Um, because I did some online classes after um, I was in public school all my life, too. And so, yeah, I'm studying communications right now via online school, and I mm-hmm. love it. Um, I nanny two kids. Um, I've been doing that for a few years. I still live at home with my family. I am the oldest of four, so wow. I have an 11, 8- and 6-year-old, 11, 8- and 6-year-old siblings. Wow. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I write. I love to write. I blog. I've started blogging when I was like 14 or 15, um, back when I was a freshman in high school, and just really started writing for therapy, and I loved it, and then people started reading it, and so I kept going, and um, And you have a book. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's what, yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I published my first book, um, in the fall, the late fall of 2018, and it is called Living Out Transparent Faith, and I wrote this while I was like 16 and 17, um, and really just kind of goes through my story, and it's geared towards young adults, girls, um, and talks about how a lot of the struggles that we deal with, how transparency is super freeing, and um it's a great aid in those struggles to be able to free yourself from those things and how in a world of masks and facades that transparency is so, so, so important. So that's one of my big passions is just instilling transparency. That's amazing. Um, in a pretty like world that encourages us to be fake. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's 
me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, if y'all hear my dog in the background, he, <laughs> I want to apologize. This is just real life. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But I will just say, like, learning a little bit about Lauren, like, I am so excited about her sharing at Waves and even just sharing today. Um, because I think as we're talking about transparency and, like, living a transparent life, like, the the topic of relationships is something that just came up a whole bunch at our Destin conference this past year. Um, Laura, so girls, just so y'all know, the way that we've developed our podcast series for 2020 was we took we had a whole bunch of questions turned in from the girls at our Destin conference and from our Africa conferences. Um, and we just kind of compiled them and broke them down into categories. And we were like, okay, let's talk about these things on the podcast. And so um, one of the topics is relationships. So if we're going to be transparent, we got to even talk about that. And <laughs> and in the month of love, with which is Valentine's Day, I was walking through Target the other day. And of course, all the Valentine's stuff is up. Um, it is something that's kind of on people's brains already. And so we thought, why not do a series um, on this topic of relationships and love and dating? Um, and so our series for this month is called To Date or Not To Date. And today's topic specifically is ready or not. Am I ready to date? And I know for... Um, for those of you who maybe you need to get online and you need to follow um, Lauren on Instagram, but I know I've followed her journey a little bit over the last year or so, and I know that she is in a relationship, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> and um, I have watched it from afar and just kind of said to her, I was like, man, y'all are adorable. Um, how did you know when you were ready to date? Um, and, and given especially, I'm kind of interested to hear a little bit about your story in this area because with you having gone to public school and then graduating graduating early and then being a young person in college classes like how has that all affected your dating and relationship life yeah so ever since like forever I can remember I've always kind of been a girl to appreciate adult company like yeah older, I was always an older soul and with friends like when I was a freshman pretty much all of my friends were graduating that year um and so Throughout, like, public school, I wasn't really into dating as much. I had, like, a little boyfriend in middle school that wasn't really anything, like, serious because <laughs> we couldn't drive. Right. And it wasn't – we were more just kind of, like, best friends. Um, You're like, hey, I like you. You like me. That's the end. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, that was, like, throughout middle school. And I guess, like, in public the, – the shift from public school to online school – is crazy and oh, yeah. it's I, I'm a social butterfly and I'm a people person for sure. And you know, when I had that when I made that transition, it was almost like as sad as it sounds, it was kind of like out of sight, out of mind. Because <laughs> because like going from public school and having a big friend group to being online, like you really realize who is really like adamant about keeping their friendship with you and pursuing That's a true. real friendship. And it was, it was super hard. Um, Probably so some I, disappointment, but then also like some joy in seeing like some friendships bud too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was eye opening and it was very hard at times. Um, but yeah, so in my dating, I didn't have a boyfriend until like an actual boyfriend that I consider um, until let's see like my junior senior year of high school and mm -hmm. it was long distance and it didn't last too long um and it was with a guy I met through ministry and um I think it's mm -hmm. interesting because you know I have such 
so many like people here in South Carolina. And of course the first guy I really dated ended up not being in South Carolina. Um, but yeah, so being in public school, I mean, definitely living in the world that we do it, you know, shed light on a lot of like negative things and how in middle and high school and in the public school system relationships are not all that. Um, Mm -hmm. and even though everybody, everybody wants to be in one, um, it's really just a, it's, it's a mess to be honest, unless you're (laughs) fully, unless you're fully like ready, which, you know, not a lot of people are as young teenagers. Um, but yeah, so my first relationship didn't last very long. Um, I think ultimately because it was long distance. Right. Um, and we were young and, you know, I was starting college. It's hard to do long distance as an adult. I can't imagine as a, as a, like middle schooler or high schooler doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had just graduated and he was about to graduate. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much how, I mean, I met my current boyfriend, Bryce. Um, he, I met him through Bible study from our local college, um, USC and that's how we met. But yeah, so that's how, that's how I would say like being in the public school, I really wasn't, I had a lot of friends who were boy who were boy crazy and I was lucky enough not to be a boy crazy. Um, <laughs> like, kind skip of like, that. <laughs> I was like, I kind of, de- I kind of discipled my best friends that were boy crazy through that. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's pretty much. My so opinion. having personally lived through, um, having friends that were boy crazy and myself being a little bit boy crazy at times too, as a high schooler, just out of curiosity, like how did you manage not to get sucked into that current or that whirlwind with those who were already kind of boy crazy? Like what were some things that you did to not get sucked into that? Yeah, I think honestly, it's because I am drawn to older people. And um, also because of my parents relationship and how healthy um, I've seen them in their transparent relationship. Like they one of the biggest things I tell people when they ask me like about my outlook on relationships is like my parents have never been the type, the couple to be like, we have it all together. We know exactly what we're doing. Like this is easy going, you know, smooth sailing. They've always been super adamant. Like even with parenting me, they tell me all the time, like Lauren, we've never parented an 18 year old. So we're learning just as much as you are. That's amazing. That's a very good way to look at it. Yeah. And they, it's, it's so amazing. Like two of my most cherished relationships are with my parents and they have been the type of parents that like when they mess up, they apologize. I'm like to have that. That's so um, amazing. That dynamic. Yeah. With that dynamic and like mutual respect for, you know, between a parent and a child, like it's such a beautiful picture. And like, they were just like that in their marriage too. Like they both came from broken homes and they knew that they didn't want to further that generational sin and they knew that they that divorce wasn't an option for them and they have just been adamant about that obviously it's not easy all the time but my my and they also were so adamant about like we don't have good models like we never we never had a marriage to look up to so what a gift to you and like for those girls listening like 
man, what an opportunity you have. Like if that, if your story is not like Lauren's, like maybe you do come from a broken home um, or maybe that you have, your parents don't have the healthiest dynamics in those things. You don't have to continue that generational curse. Like you can have a different story. Like your story can be different. Like even though you may not personally be learning from them in that, you're still learning from from them in that, that you don't want to do this or you do want to do this. Um, yeah, that's amazing. My, my parents are, they did everything backwards. Like my, <laughs> they did, they, they did everything backwards and they share that. And I mean, my mom is very involved in our student ministry at our church because she can relate to some of these students in that aspect. And like, you know, there is like, our God is a God of redemption and Absolutely. he can change and transform our hearts. And so, yeah, so that was kind of like a little tangent, but yeah, no, you're good. Um, you're good. So with, to not be sucked up in the whole boy crazy thing, I think it was honestly just like recognizing that one, I am, have a very like traditional outlook on relationships. Like I wanted to be the one who's being pursued that's at a, first. A good thing, um, yeah. Yeah, and that's not really how you know. Unfortunately, when I was in public school, most people weren't after your you know like genuine loving christ honoring relationship when we were teenagers and i saw my friends get hurt over and over and over again by by guys and by their them putting their worth in relationships and you know jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend and that Mm -hmm. wasn't wasn't appealing to me and i knew that i wanted to wait until i you know felt ready and honestly i just didn't want what i saw other girls going through because it didn't it wasn't they were searching for fulfillment and searching for satisfaction, but over and over and over again, they would be let down. And it just, I always say it feels like a crazy train. You're like, okay, that's not a crazy train I want to get on. Like like, I will get off at this pit stop. (laughs) I was already going through crazy stuff as a middle and high school as is. Right. Why add to it? (laughs) Yeah. And also, I mean, most of my friends were boy crazy. And so I'm like, I'm already like, simultaneously going through it I feel like vicariously through them right (laughs) so so why you know go through it myself exactly that's awesome um so a quick question for you so whenever it comes to that sort of dynamic like did you ever feel left out like with I mean did you go to prom or like homecoming things or things like that did you ever feel left out and if you did like how did you manage it or deal with it Yes. So this is a, this was a huge like downer for me in high school and middle school. I mean, middle school really didn't have that many like formal dances or anything. But once I got to high school, um, one, having graduated early, I, for my last, for my senior prom, like I had always dreamt of going to prom. Like it was probably growing up in high school. I feel like that's such a girl thing. And there's so many TV shows and things that talk about prom and movies that you're like, my prom's going to be amazing. Yes, but I was I was so convinced that I was going to marry the guy I went to prom with, like high school sweetheart, like that type of ideal picture oh my. thing. And obviously, it was funny because you can read about this in my book, but I talk about how I was so convinced that I was going to marry the guy that I graduated high school with or whatever. And um, I talk about how I'm 16, like I'm about to graduate high school, I'm homeschooled, right. I'm as single as you can be. But yes, yeah, so... so um, for a junior, I only went to one prom, and um, that was, I actually had, the guy that I was dating went with me, the long-distance relationship, oh, um, wow. 
and I went to a, um, I went to my high school that I would have graduated at and, you know, went to school for that short year, um, my freshman year. And I went with a group of friends, um, and him, but honestly, like how I got through you know, not going to prom and like homecoming and formals and stuff was I always told myself and like, I think my mom told me this one time too, like, it's not, it's a big deal right now. It won't be in the future. And if you still want to experience prom, you can do that one day with your husband. Like, yeah. like, re, like relive your prom, like make a prom night. That'll be fun. And like, that's a really cool idea. Yeah. And my, I was just so like, I was like, how cool to, you know, not settle right now. And even if you do, like, I still went to prom and I went with, like, you can go with friends, a group of girls that makes it so much better. Yes. Um, unless you're in a relationship. And yeah, so I told myself, I was like, once I meet my guy, like we can remake prom. That's so (laughs) true. I have never thought about that. My prom experience was horrible. I'm like, I totally need to put that like on the list of things to do once I get married. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I had that. I was, I was just like, why, like how cool is that, that you can, you know, have an awesome prom and like make it however you want to with a person that you love. I was like, we, I don't need to, you know, go and eat, uh, drink the bad punch and, you know, go to the, like, <laughs> experience all the drama that goes with it. Like, I can experience that someday. It's not, it's not urgent. Right. That's awesome. That's really good. Okay. So for you, I was going to ask you, um, how, like, how did you know that you were ready to date? Like, you personally? Yeah. So, I will totally fess up and admit that, like, when I had my little boyfriend or whatever, like, I was not, I was not ready at all. And even though I don't really consider it a real relationship, like, it was still a little piece of my heart that um, was in that. But for me, like, I have always, I, I think it was my mom that instilled this in me and part, like, just hearing from people that are older than me, their experience. But once I realized, like, that I am completely whole and content and, like, independent with Jesus, like, and I knew that no ultimate fulfillment or satisfaction could come from anything but him, I was, I kind of, like, adopted this, this, not, I don't want to say philosophy, but kind of, um, like, this, this thought process of, since I don't need, like, I don't, need to have a guy with me I don't need to be dating somebody to be completely whole and content then whoever I do end up with I want them to add to my life I don't want them to take away from what I have with Jesus I don't want them to rob me of who I can be completely fulfilled in Jesus because since I really don't have to have a relationship to be satisfied or whole, then, you know, why have that extra burden? And so once I realized that I was completely like content and went through a little period of like, or not really a little period, but went through a period of singleness and realizing that it's funny because my, my current relationship with, with Bryce, like it came out of nowhere and it came after a really bad breakup, and it came when I was like anti boy. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I don't want anything to do with the relationship right now. Like, whatever. And then, of course, here comes Bryce, and you know that type of thing. Um, of course, <laughs> and of course. But once I once I realized like that, I you know didn't that I was completely satisfied with Jesus, and kind of like got to that point where I was like, you know, God, like if 
your will is for me to be single, then that's fine. And if that season is right now, if that season is 30 years from now, like whatever you have for me, I am confident that I'm still yours. I'm still your, your bride. I'm still your daughter. And, um, that's when I really realized, like I was, you know, and, and I think too, is knowing like what you want and knowing your ultimate goal, because people my age, girls my age and guys my age, and I mean, even adults, like dating can be such a recreational just for fun, like, right. And it's, I saw a tweet the other day by one of my friends and it was talking about, he was like, if you're not dating to marry, then stop dating. Like stop wasting your time. Stop wasting (laughs) other person's time too. And do your future spouse a favor and just like prepare yourself. You can't, you can't prepare the other person's heart, but you can prepare your heart for your future spouse. And, um, yeah, so I, I just think like so many people just date to date and it never was, I, you just have to know what you want. And I remember, I remember in sixth grade, one of my small group leaders, um, she actually had our Sunday school class write down a list of the Mm -hmm. attributes that we wanted in our future husband. And we actually gave them to her and she prayed over them for us for years. And, um, yeah, and she, I'm pretty sure I, if I looked back at that list, it would probably be a lot of things I don't care about now. Like, (laughs) you know, he has to be six feet tall or he has some brown hair, whatever. Um, but yeah, so knowing what you want and like praying for that and not settling because it can be to- so tempting, especially when all your friends around you are dating or in relationships. It can be so tempting to just settle for the next guy that comes your way. And that's not like God doesn't settle on us. He doesn't want us to settle. No. And you have to get in that heart posture. And it's hard because you can be impatient. Like I was impatient. Everybody can get impatient. But you have to you have to just wait, and that season of waiting is hard. But it's like the most important one of the most important seasons is that preparation. Well, I think about like in the Olympics, they take so much time preparing and preparing and preparing and preparing and working out and working out and working out and eating healthy and you know and and they do the mental yeah. stuff and they they mind like what they listen to before they go compete and they do all these like different things ahead of time and then they go to the olympics it's not just like yeah. they just like walk onto the scene and they're like hey i'm here like yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's like for us i think it's it's silly of us to think that one of the top three big decisions you're going to make in your life, which would be who you're going to marry, like mm-hmm. that we would just walk onto the scene and just like, whoops, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. you look good enough. Sure. Um, yeah. And I know that a lot of people don't think about marriage whenever they're in middle school or high school, but the truth is like the purpose of dating was to prepare you for marriage to see if that would be someone that you would be interested in marrying you know (laughs) so real quick for you like how did you know like how do you know if somebody is is ready to date not like you personally but how do you know if a guy is ready to date so this is one of my favorite questions because my boyfriend Bryce we started we grabbed lunch I think in like January or February of last year for the first time and it was funny because 
like some of our first conversations we're talking about like what we want the future spouse and like oh, wow. just, just that kind of it got really deep really fast because I think that's just the type of people that we are and I remember getting on the phone with my mom after because I was so nervous and I was like mom or she or she told me she was like you know, worst case scenario, like y'all just be friends. And I was like, mom, I cannot just be friends with this guy. I was like, I'm either not going to know him. I'm not going to talk to him or I'm going to be married to him one day. Um, (laughs) And so when we first started, I guess what you would call talking and you know what people say now, um, we, I, I was ready. I was ready to date him. Like I knew, I knew that I wanted to pursue this relationship with him and he actually he waited a month and a half until he felt ready to date me. And he told me, I'll never forget, like we were, we had already gone on our first date and already were planning for our second date. And in between that week span, he called me after meeting with his small group of guys that he meets with and was like, Lauren, if I'm going to date you, if I'm going to pursue you, I want to do it right. I want to do it in a way that's honor that honors you and honors God. And I want to do it in a way that sets us up for us to be like the last person to each other that we date. And he, um, wow. Yeah. He, it honestly, like in the moment it was kind of heartbreaking. Cause I was like, wait, like he's just kind of blowing me off. Like using <laughs> just an excuse. Like, Is this of, a like, mixed message? What's happening? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I definitely experienced that impatient period, but he knew in his heart that like, He needed to heal from past things and he needed to like really seek God and really seek what God's will for this relationship was before he pursued me. And that That is somebody that's careful with your heart. Like, that's amazing. That is so so important because like our hearts are the most fragile thing, like one of the most fragile things about us and a guy that plays with it or messes with it or doesn't take it seriously like he's not worthy of your time like he's gonna hurt you and um just to see the the honor that that Bryce took like the honor that he held you know even just going out on a first or second third date with me like to see that it was something I had never seen before and also, the pursuit that he carried was something that you, that I was just like, oh my goodness. Like, I had never felt. So I told, when you I always, say pursuit, like, what do you mean by that? Like, what does it mean for a guy to pursue you? So our conversations weren't empty conversations. They were intentional. He was intentional about, like, checking up on how my relationship with my parents was, how my friends were, how like always asking me how my day was, but also like, what are you learning right now in your quiet time? Like, what are you learning? Like, what is God teaching you right now? And being so intentional about never getting to a state of complacency and pursuing me and always showing me like effort. Um, and I think that, I mean, we live, we live in a world where laziness is the easiest thing to be. I mean, you can get anything delivered to your front doorstep and um <laughs> so and, true we had kids yeah. that didn't like uh what we had for dinner on wednesday night and they ordered other food for youth oh my goodness yeah <laughs> i was like that's pretty impressive i should have thought of that <laughs> yeah yeah so just seeing like how 
so by, by pursuit, like he always went out of his way to ask how he could serve me best in the moment. He always asked me intentional questions that weren't just like your typical, like, Hey, what's your favorite color? Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like he was, he was really intentional about getting to know me as Lauren and also having the tiny platform that I did have when we first started dating, like being a writer and a blogger and everything like that was also something that I wanted to be aware, like worry, wary of whatever that word is. Um, (laughs) Because, because I was like, I don't want somebody to date me for something else. Like I want them to date me for me. And he never, ever, ever asked me about like my book or like that type of thing. He always, or never introduced me to people as like, Hey, like this is Lauren. She's an author, a blogger, whatever. He was so, he was so intentional about getting to just know me for me. And I was very used to being the planner in relationships. And like, he showed me that like he, he hated to plan, but he planned dates. And like, that's awesome. Those like pursuit was just so, so, so important. And I will say too, this is like, this wasn't by any means a re- request of mine. Cause this is just not realistic, but my, so our, our date, um, that ended up being, you know, afterwards he asked me to be his girlfriend was actually a double date with my parents and it, oh, we went wow. to a basketball, we went to a basketball game and um during um in between one of the quarters me and my mom had left to get a drink or something and I came back and I saw that he had scooted over and was talking to my dad and he asked my dad he was like hey like are you okay if I pursue your daughter because I want to do it right like I want to make sure that you're okay with this before, you know, I step into your daughter's life and whatever. But just that pursuit and like how gentle he was with my heart and how much of like a high honor he, he saw it as to pursue my heart. Like that was, that was the biggest, like I, I'll tell people all the time, like how he showed me the gospel, like how he showed me Christ's love is like one of the most tangible ways I've seen the gospel on the earth. Like, the craziest, the craziest thing and the most high honor that he took it as, which, you know, we live, I mean, it's so easy to take somebody lightly, but you're dealing with somebody's heart. You're dealing with, you know, even as girls, like you have to be careful with the guy's heart because you know, they're people too. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's one of those things that a lot of times we think, oh, that's like so traditional, that's whatever. But the truth is, is like us girls, our desire deep down inside of us, like we desire to be loved. Um, to be pursued and guys desire that honor and that respect and like he was he was honoring and respecting your dad as the main man in your life Uh Um, (laughs) but then he was saying okay but I also want to pursue her in the way that she desires for it Um, Uh which is through love and it's not through empty words or empty requests but it's like solid um, and yeah. so I think that is so beautiful, a beautiful testimony. Um, that, And that's the thing is whenever it's done in that sort of a manner that has so much honor as well as like kingdom love in it, that it's uh-huh. like you're my sister in Christ before you're anything, yeah. um, that it sets you up for a good situation and that it sets you up for because men are supposed to love their their wife as Christ loves the church, which means that yeah. he'd be willing to lay down his life, you know, yeah. that it's like the way I want to do things, the way I see things, or even just fi- even physically that it's like, okay, I, I'm, I'm willing to give up, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's a sacrificial love. I think that is so, so great. Um, 
Well, thank you yeah. so much for sharing, Lauren. I want. Was there anything else on on this particular topic you wanted to make sure and get in there? I just want didn't want to cut you off by any means. Yeah. Well, I think the only other thing that I would say um, that is so important for girls and you know guys, even just this age, is um, or any. I mean, any age. What am I talking about? <laughs> in relationships and dating relationships is. Um, the morning, the day after uh, we started dating, I was always used to being kind of like a leader in my relationships, even just my friendships. And to have a guy that took the initiative to be the leader was really important to me because that's biblical. Right. And the day after we started dating, I mean, we didn't like we he didn't waste any time. I remember, we were sitting in the Starbucks parking lot. We were about to take a little trip um, to a town that's about an hour and a half away to see the mountains, um, he, he was like, okay, we need to have the physical boundaries talk. Oh, and wow. the day, like the day after. And I was like, oh gosh. <laughs> um, but that's so important. <laughs> like, that's so important to have like a guy like that. That was Just another to dive way. right in. And like, there's no, there's going to be no gray here. Like, yeah. And he, that, that was another way. Like when you ask like pursuing, like he was willing to have the hard conversations and he, that was another way he was showing that he honored my heart. And it's so important to lay out those expectations and those boundaries early, because if you don't lay them out like blatantly, then they're up in the air and they can easily get looked over and um, the line can be crossed. And so that was just another thing that I wanted to just add was make sure like the guy that you're contemplating you know to date or not to date is willing to have the hard conversations for the ultimate goal to pursue your heart in a way that honors you and honors God that's right that's right well um one final question for you what is your favorite sweet treat <laughs> as oh, I, I was thinking I was like what can we I, we have as our main question at the end for each of these podcasts for for this series and I was like girls love chocolate and they love sweets around valentines but like what would you have as your favorite sweet treat <laughs> so I would have to say that my favorite sweet treat is Reese's I love Reese's and oh. the best the best ones, in my opinion, are either the eggs around uh, around Easter or the Christmas trees around Christmas time. And so, oh, after- I love the I love the Easter ones. Those are so good. Yes, after after those holidays, my dad always goes to the grocery store and stocks up when they're discounted, and we have them in the freezer because they're the best cold. And that so- is awesome. Oh, that's great. I hadn't tried them cold. I need to do that. Oh, so good. <laughs> those are my favorite. That's that's my favorite sweet treat, without a doubt. That is awesome. That's awesome. Well, I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. It's just a joy to have you. And we are so excited to have you um, at our Destin conference this year uh, for 2020. We're just so stoked. She's going to be on a panel um, discussing a calling with uh, a couple other people. And then she's also going to be doing a, a a breakout session on her book. And so you do not want to miss that. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. And so girls, we just thank you so much for joining us again. This is our first week of this series uh, to date or not to date. Um, Go, go like our, um, go, 
fill out the stars and like our uh, podcast and go write a comment um, and review below. And then uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram as well as on Facebook or any other social media handles. We have them on Spotify, all those things. Um, But we hope you have an amazing day and we are praying for you and your relationships with others um, as well as with the opposite sex. And so um, we'll be with you next week. Thanks, girls. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Waves Ministry Podcast. For more information about our ministry, check out our website, wavesgirlsconference.com, and our social media at Waves Girls Conference. Today, we hope you start making waves in your home, community, and world.